This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I'll, I'll give you just a second to get there before we get jumping in there. John chapter 1 again. Uh, tonight we're talking about the areas of faith, how we can stir up faith within us. Uh, part of the scriptures that's very, very uh, important that you know is Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. All through the New Testament, it says the just shall live by faith. We fight the good fight of faith. And so the more I learn about faith, the more I understand how God wants me to live. And so that's why we dive into this each week. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, when you look at God and you look at the Word, if you see what he's saying right there, God is the Word and the Word is God. So literally here, you can't separate God from his Word. That's who God is. The the word of God was God himself. And so oftentimes we we have this thought, and you may have had this thought or you may have said this before. I know what the word of God says, but, but. And it's almost like when we come in there with this, this but, well, I know what the word of God says, but you never know what God's gonna do. Well, I can tell you what God's going to do. He's going to do precisely what his word says he's going to do. Because, again, it's inseparable. And so when you see the word of God, it was the source of God's message to his people. And so if God and his word are one, then I've got to start getting a hold of of the word of God. And it, it goes above, the word of God goes above my experiences my dreams, public opinion. The word of God even trumps your family's traditions. Ow, now that hurt. And so again, I, I gotta come into a place in my life where the word of God is first place. And when I have issues in my life, I've gotta ask myself this question, what does the word say? What does the word say? And so. Literally what, what I believe the word of God tells us, I've got to give uh, the word of God first place in my life. I've got to live by the word of God day by day by day. And I believe that's some of the reason that the Lord tells people, especially in Joshua 1, be strong and of good courage. You're going to find out when you live by the word of God, people are going to persecute you. They're going to get mad at you. They're not always going to like you. Now, I want to dive in this a little bit more. Go, go way back into the New Testament, way back in the back to 1 Peter. Uh, it's after James, and you'll come to 1 Peter. If you've gone to 1 John, you've gone too far. I'm going to go to 1 Peter 1, and then I'll go to 1 John 5. We're going to look at two of them in the back here. And I, I want you to see what the Word of God says pertaining to his Word tonight. Now, if you're a good note taker, these are some good ones to take right here. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls 
in obeying the truth. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So when I obey the truth, not, not out of religion, but out of my heart that says, I just want to obey God. There's a purifying that goes on. The new living says, since by your obedience to the truth, through the spirit or who the Holy Spirit, in sincere love or without hypocrisy of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, now how do I get born again? I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. I repent of my sin and I say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And he says, and having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The lasting word of God. And he said there that it's living and abiding and enduring forever. The new living says it comes from the eternal living word of God. And so another thing I got to do, I got to learn to grasp the word of God. Because if you know what he said, the word of God which lives and it abides or it remains forever. In other words, the word of God's not going nowhere. Forever settled in heaven. So this is another thing I, I grasp onto. I, I, I got to grasp a hold of the word of God. And I believe the word of God is, is, is something that we're to eat every day. Remember Matthew 4, 4, the Lord Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So again, uh, think about this in this sense. How many of you in here have to be disciplined to eat? None of us. There's not one of us that have to, not one of you in here sets your alarm for, for breakfast in the morning. You know, I gotta, I gotta set my alarm. I'm, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna be hungry. And if that alarm's not set, I'm, I'm just gonna go to work and I'm gonna miss breakfast. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. And then you start going through the day and you know what? Somewhere around noon, one, there's this inward clock on the inside that starts, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Many of you will get home tonight from church and your tummy will cry out, just a little snack, just three scoops of ice cream. But I've got a hunger for the word of God the same way. Now, when it pertains to prayer, what would happen if I begin to incorporate the word of God in prayer? Turn with me just a couple pages to your right to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And we'll begin in verse 13. These things I have written to you. The word of God. I've written to you. Believe in the name of the Son of God. That's how I get born again. You believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in the name of the Son of God. Now look at this phrase. That you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know that you have eternal life. Now how can I know that I have eternal life? Because of what's written. The Bible tells me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That you may know you have eternal life. 
Now, if I went around here tonight and I asked some of you, do, do you know you have eternal life? Some would say, yes, I do, Pastor. I know, I know. Others would say, well, I, I'm not sure. Well, if you're not sh- sure, you're in a scary place. And so that's why I continually stand on what's written. The reason I know that I'm saved, I'm born again, is because what is written. And I can always go back, this is what the Word of God says. Now listen, if I'm going by my feelings, there's days my feelings might say, I don't feel saved. But I can't go by feelings, I stay with the Word of God. And so he says, that you may know that you have eternal life. Now watch the last phrase here in verse 13. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So when we get born again, listen, it's just not a one-time thing. He used the word continue. And so you continue to believe in the name of Jesus and it's an ongoing application. It never ends. Colossians 3, 17 says, everything I do in word or deed, I do in the name of Jesus. I do in the name of Jesus. But I gotta continue with it. Verse 14. Now. It's an interesting word. He didn't say when we get to heaven. Now. This is the confidence that we have in him. Now, how many of you need a little dose of confidence tonight? Well, you're getting ready to get it. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, and if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So we are told that we can have confidence when we ask. How can I have confidence when I ask? He says that when we ask according to his will. Well, what's his will? The Word. You want to know the will of God? Just get into the Word of of God. You want to know the will for God for you for salvation? It's Romans 10, 9 and 10. And and when I see the will of God, I, I got to get in agreement with what the Word of God says. So when I look at this, what he's talking about, we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. He hears us. So I got to do my homework. I got to start finding out what the word of God says. And then I go to the word of God and I incorporate his word. I align my prayers with the word of God. And he said, there's confidence. So let me ask him, are you struggling in an area of your life right now? Well, he said in Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I can go to the word of God and I can pray that. And I say, Father God, this area of my life, I'm struggling. I'm struggling being a good husband. I'm struggling. But you said I can do all things through you. So I ask you to help me, to assist me. According to Philippians 4.13. So guess what I've done? I've incorporated the word of God in my prayer. But because I see the written word of God. And that word never changes. You can read Philippians 4.13 tonight. And you can read it again tomorrow. And guess what? He's going to say the same thing. So I hang on to the written word of God. There it is. Actually, I like to call the word of God my title deed. So when you find it's written, it's yours. Verse 15. Now mark this one up. This is incredible. 
And if we know, and if we know, the word know means with settled and absolute knowledge. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. Now, it's amazing here, and he says, I'm going to get you to a place of knowing. So guess what? Your prayer doesn't have to be hit and miss. I, I hope this works today. Man, I begin to pray the word of God. Well, pastor, I, I, I prayed that a week ago and nothing's happened. Well, listen to me. I'm not God. Father God, he hears, he knows. And God knows the best time for all of us. Now turn with me to Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to go a little deeper tonight. A little deeper. Isaiah chapter 55. Another good one to mark up. Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heavens, and they do not return there. And just think about what he's saying. When the rain falls and the snow falls, it doesn't fall here on the earth to go back to heaven. That's not what it does. But it waters the earth. And from it, it makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now this is what he's talking about the seed of the word of God will do. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Now what shall my word or God's word be that goes forth from my mouth? It, the word that goes forth from my mouth, shall not return to me void or empty. But it, the word that goes forth from my mouth, shall accomplish what I please. And it, the word that goes forth from my mouth, shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, when you begin to look at this here, the power of the, Lord, uh, of the word of God will always fulfill the promise of the word. In other words, God's word's going to bear fruit. Now, I don't know if you caught a nugget in here, but this is huge for me and you to get. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Are you speaking the word out of your mouth? It's very important that you start saying what God says that you are, who you are, what you can have, what you can be, and what you can do. You know the Bible says that you're more than a conqueror? That's in Romans 8. You're more than a conqueror. The Bible says you're an overcomer, Revelations 12. Again, when I start seeing myself through what God's word says. So in, the, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, all the promises of God, A-L-L-L, -L, all the promises of God in him are amen and so be it. Are yes and amen or so be it. How much of the promises? All the promises of God. Every one of them. Not, not the major ones, not just the minor ones, not just the little ones, not just the, the, the big ones. All the promises of God. So I've got to get in the Word, and I've got to start finding out what the Word of God says. And remember, he says, it won't return void. It won't return void. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk on this in a couple weeks. And... One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Psalm 512. 
Psalm 512 says that God blesses the righteous and his favor surrounds you like a shield. What would happen if I begin to pray that and speak that out of my mouth? So guess what I'm doing? I begin to align my mouth up with the word of God. So what would happen if I begin to get up in the morning and I say, Oh, Father God, I thank you today that you bless me, you're righteous, and your favor surrounds me like a shield. Psalm 65, 13 says, You crown my year with your goodness, my paths drip with abundance. Psalm 69, he says, Daily I load you with my benefits and my blessings. So guess what? If I find those promises, man, I gotta start speaking those. I start believing those. And the more I speak and the more I see those, the more it comes to a place that I begin to know because I see what the word of God says. Now I'm gonna go through something here these last few minutes and I go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And, and the reason I, I wanna go through this is because I believe this is a blueprint for me and you. Now this is a man named Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, he said, Abram, you got to get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. you got to get away from them. They're ungodly. His father was an idol worshiper named Terah. And so God said, you got to get away from them. Get, get away from them. Now, when I, I look at this right here, to obey isn't always easy. And this was the command that God said to him. Now, watch the promises, the end of verse 1, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So literally verses two and verses three are the promises. God promised Abraham this, but if Abraham doesn't meet the condition, he never gets the promise. So what was the condition? He had to obey what God told him to do and remember God said, you gotta get away from your family. You got to get away from them all. So when Abraham sees these promises, he could begin to quote these all he wanted, but unless he acted on obedience to what God told him, it would have done him no good. Verse four. So Abraham departed. He obeyed. As the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, what you see there in the area when he departed, he obeyed. But when Abraham departed, the only thing he had was a promise. And oftentimes in our life, it'll be the same thing. The only thing you have is a promise. But again, when you find that promise that it's written in the word of God, you grab a hold of that thing. Now, I want to highlight something in there. If you noticed in verse 4, it said he was 75 years old. 75 years young. Turn a couple pages to Genesis 17. Now, this is where it picks back up. 
When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I'm almighty God, walk before me and be blameless or wholehearted. Okay? 99. 24 years have elapsed. And oftentimes we're like, God, the calendar keeps moving. I'm not getting any younger. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? And again, this is what I told earlier. I'm not on, on my own timetable. I'm on God's. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. What a promise. Now, that word covenant there is, is one of the strongest words in all of the Old Testament. It was a pledge from God. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall I call your name, your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. And so what you begin to see here is that God was arranging that every single time Abraham heard his name or he spoke his own name, he would be reminded of God's promise. Every time he spoke it. And so let God's word right here, which, which designated his will and the promises for your life, become fixed in your mind and let it govern your speech. In other words, do not name or call yourself anything less than God does. And so God said, I'm going to change your name. To Abraham, which meant father of many nations. So every time someone would say, hey, Abraham, you know what they were literally saying? Hey, father of many nations. And when people would say, what's your name? And he would say, Abraham, he was literally saying, father of many nations. So if we went to the book of Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 22, you would see this passage that comes alive in the New Testament. It says over and over that by faith, Abraham obeyed God. But one part says that he wasn't weakened in faith. So something happened there that he continually trusted God year after year after he never gave up on it. Verse six, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant be to God and to your descendants after you. Now you begin to see this was God's promises to him. I gotta get in the word and find the promises to me. And when I begin to get in the word of God, it's that bulldog faith. You, you bite down on that. You begin to read that, you begin to look at that, and you begin to speak that over yourself. Verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, she shall not call her name Sarai, but she shall call her Sarah, shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of many nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Now you begin to see something here. 
that God not only changed his, his name, he changed her name. And so they had to come to a place where they not only saw the promises, they began to see themselves in the promise. This is what God said. So when I looked at this, I believe they had three things that they had to fight, just like me and you. Number one, they had to fight common sense. Common sense says that you're never going to have a child, you're barren. Experience is the second area. No one has kids in their, in their 90s. Experience proves that. And the last one is nature. From every human perspective, it is impossible for a 90-year-old. But when I look at God, God isn't limited by common sense, by experience, or even nature or human perspective. Nothing's impossible with God. So it comes a choice in my life when I start getting a hold of the word of God. And I begin to believe this was said to me, this was said to me. Oh my goodness, I got, I got two minutes to tell this story. Now I go back in my own life, guys. I was, I was dominated by junk, sin and darkness, especially with alcohol. And I'll never forget when I begin to read in Colossians 1, 12 and 13, that it says he qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance in light. Verse 13, it says, he has delivered you from the power of darkness. He has delivered you out of the power of darkness. So as I began to look at that, I thought, that's me. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. And so it was like a light bulb went on. And I began to quote that. And I began to say that. And every day I read Colossians 1.13. It still said he's delivered you out of the power of darkness. And transferred you into the kingdom of light. And so I started saying, well, Lord Jesus, if you've delivered me out of the power of darkness, then I just go ahead and welcome it and I receive it. And I begin to speak it. I begin to speak it. I begin to say that. I look in the mirror and say, you, you've been delivered from darkness. Didn't happen overnight, guys. Just stayed with the word. And I stayed with the word and before long, there became a confidence. There became a knowing on the inside. How'd you know? It was like this light bulb went out. It was like the word of God took root. And I was like, I know. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Woo, woo, woo. And then you get a look at a mess that God's word made a miracle. I, I tell you, you just got to stand on the promises of God. Get the hold of the word of God. Well, pastor, that'll work for you because you're a preacher. Well, I wasn't a preacher when I got set free. I was a foul-mouthed drunk. But the word of God began to work. And something on the inside started working on the outside. And oh, what a change in my life. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.